Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Recruitment Flex. I'm Shelly. And joined with me, of course, is my co-host, Serge Boudreaux. Serge, how you doing? I am doing fantastic. So this is our first episode of our new format launching Mm -hmm. on Tuesdays. We'll be doing all our interviews. Then on Fridays, we'll be just me and you, Shelly, just talking about everything recruitment and me calling you out on everything that you don't (laughs) Take the gloves off. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to take the gloves off. I do want to introduce, I've been hearing from this guy, every social media channel, every recruiter, There's some elements that I open my LinkedIn feed and I see this guy, Adam Chambers, who is the president of AppleChat. Adam, welcome. Very excited to have you on the show. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk. Yeah. So Adam, we're going to dive right in because I have been somewhat following you either that or you just keep serving yourself up (laughs) to me on social (laughs) media, but I love where you were headed. And so I'm very interested to learn a little bit more about First of all, introduce yourself. Who is Adam? And talk to us about <laughs> AppleChat. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Who is Adam? That's a very existential question. I'm not sure yeah, how to go. answer. <laughs> I say, what is Adam is a better question. <laughs> Basically, I'm a 24-year-old guy. I'm from Ireland. I consider myself a bit of a virtual immigrant. I spend most of my day in EST and working with people in Canada and America. And really, my mission in life is to, to make life for everybody else less stressful and more happy. There's a good mission. So talk to <laughs> us about AppleChat. First of all, tell me, how did you come up with this name? So initially when I started the company, I was fresh out of university. A lot of my friends were applying for jobs and they found it really frustrating the fact that the entire recruitment process was send an email and then receive an email back 48 hours later, send another email. We were lost in this black hole. True. And the initial goal of the business was to bring more of the chat and conversation back into like the applicant journey. So AppleChat really wants to bring instantaneous communication between candidates and recruiters. How do you do that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're a healthcare RPO. So we work with hospitals and senior living organizations to get them at least 45 nurse candidates in 90 days. That's our guarantee. And I think what makes us unique is we put the chat in in the forefront of what we do. So whenever people are sent the initial application form, we send it in a format that means they can complete it in 60 seconds or less. The majority of the application formats we send our chat, so their messenger or WhatsApp, for example. And then we work to connect with them as soon as possible. So At the moment, we're able to call them between two or three hours. That's what our team are are hitting at the moment. And I would really love to get that down to 10 minutes. So as soon as somebody applies in under 60 seconds, we call them in under 10 minutes to move them through the process as quick as possible. So those are the two main ways, making it quick to apply and then calling somebody as soon as they do. How do you find them? We specialize in using what we call non-job board channels because Mm. I think... The biggest problem that healthcare recruiters come to me with is my candidate pool is too small because of that I'm not getting enough qualified applications. But the funny thing is, most of them are focusing most of their budget on just one channel, which is Indeed 
or maybe a, a few other job boards. Our mission really is to be able to reach 50% or more nurses by putting ads across social media, across YouTube, through cold sourcing, through our own database, through all those channels which exist and which people mm-hmm. are spending time on, but aren't actually Indeed, because Indeed's so busy, it's full of competition. While it is, it's probably still the best recruitment channel. There's many others out there that in healthcare you can use and we help our clients do that. Yeah, the interesting aspects of following you throughout the years and when you first launched it, basically what you were doing is is leveraging Facebook targeted ads to target candidates. And you were doing most of the work. Facebook targeted ads, YouTube uh, ads are, are very intimidating for a lot of people in HR and recruitment. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, for sure. So if you take a look at it, because if you, and you've described this before, and it is exactly not a lot of recruiters or or TA departments are doing any type of anything outside of job boards. It's basically a post and pray type Mm -hmm. of uh, mentality. And that is really hard to change in reality. But if you put in context of people that are not marketers and leveraging tools they're not used to. They don't understand what the messaging that is needed to be successful on Facebook. They don't understand A-B testing as far as putting out a bunch of ads, leveraging the one that works the best. Have you had a lot of pushback on leveraging what we call as non-traditional recruitment advertising in that Mm. sense? I haven't had pushback because we show them the value of it. We say, 70% of those nurses you want to speak to are visiting Facebook or Instagram, for example, each month. Mm -hmm. We can do it for you. The pushback, I think, is if they want to go to their manager and say, can we do this in-house instead? The pushback can often come from within. So I think two of the biggest blockages are like a marketing team to get their help, they're going to have to divert their time into your department and risk mishitting their KPIs to come work for recruitment. And then the second part of it is whenever you do create those ads, often the obvious thing to do is to put the ad onto the job on your career site or send them just directly to the career site. And that's because you want them in your process and you want them in your ATS. And if they're not in your ATS, they're useless. However, you got to remember you're competing with Amazon, for example, who have one click buy. And if you make someone go onto your website, which might not even be optimized for their mobile, they're going to click off and the ad's not going to work. Those are the two main blockages, I think, and the, the pushbacks that stop people being successful. But for us, we we get pretty good interest because we say, don't worry about that. We'll do it for you. And that's where the agency comes in. Yeah, that's what I was uh, curious because you're basically managing that for for the client from A to Z, making sure that the the visuals, the message, you're doing all the testings. You're basically at the end of the day, just delivering the candidates that that they're looking for. They they don't see the back end or do they see the back end or do they get a feel of that or you're managing it from A to Z? Yeah, so... Whenever we manage a campaign, we purely send people booked screening calls with candidates we've already spoken to or a bio about that candidate with their resume. Whenever we were like Facebook ads for recruiting agency, we did give them a little bit of insight into the back end. But if you're doing a done-for-you service, it's a bit confusing. Mm. It's not really 
necessary and often clients would ask us to change things that didn't need changed so yeah we stopped that <laughs> did you okay obviously your focus is on healthcare does it need to be healthcare by the way will you accept clients outside of healthcare i think you're just being hyper focused right now on healthcare yeah. just because of what stage you're in but can what you're doing be across multiple industries or is it right now just healthcare is the place you need to be at yeah, so the model that we're doing works well. Professions that have a lot of people, there's a relative shortage. So we did it with English teachers and we got 3,000 people applied in a month. We did it with construction staffing and that worked pretty well for electricians and plumbers. Just couldn't really compete with the job boards for cost per application. Mm. And then we've seen it work with truck drivers as well. I think the principles behind what we're doing work with a lot of professions, but as a business, as you said, like healthcare is really big itself and it's better to be focused. At the start, I was working with recruitment agencies who were recruiting other recruiters and a bunch of other different niches. And then I really fell upon healthcare whenever COVID struck. Like I'd been on a podcast called The Challenge G Show. You might've heard of it. Um, them yes <laughs> i think we have yeah <laughs> so in march 2020 i got a message from a talent acquisition director in a hospital in toronto called kevin kirkpatrick and he said adam i listened to your podcast and i need i see nurses as soon as possible because we're really under the cost here so that was when i pivoted this model to healthcare and we got three hires in two months and that was that was really good for him he was over the moon and since then, it's just been about replicating that, improving it each time. Okay, that explains a lot. Now I understand the the connection to yeah. to healthcare. Awesome. So, did Chad and Cheese get a commission? They got some. <laughs> did you send them some booze? Yeah, booze yeah. works really well. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's funny they did. Chad was like calling out all these big agencies of 200 employees <laughs> and then there was like aptly chat <laughs> and we have five or six people and it's on the same level it was good times awesome. so one of the things that i really got out of listening to you and this is a message that i'm trying to work with a lot of colleagues and messaging for job boards are always pretty straightforward and 99 of the time they really suck basically you're putting we're hiring then it's a crappy job description behind it Obviously, when you're targeting people in social media, you're not competing necessarily with job providers. You're competing in that auction with someone that sells skincare to someone that sells um, tires, as yeah. an example. Mm. So your messaging and how you are needs to be different and really attractive. What's your advice for people trying to leverage, say, Facebook targeted ads um, compared to what they would do on job boards? Yeah. So maybe six months ago, we were quite radical about this and we were making it very much like chiropractors or dentists or automotive dealers. So we were having emojis in there. We were shouting like, apply now to get X. So apply now to get 10K bonus or apply now to change your life and stop that crappy job. And... I think what was in there was the the realization that the people who see the ads are scrolling. People scroll on average the height of the Statue of Liberty each day. So they have so like 
little attention for you. Mm-hmm. They're scrolling and they're looking at cat videos, pictures of the friends. If they see a job ad, which has a stock photo and just like we're hiring in text, it's not going to awaken that that emotion or that dislike for the current job inside them. It's not going to make them inspired or want to change their life. So you really have to rise to that. And whenever you're putting a job or a job ad on these channels, pull out like the definable reasons why they should give it attention. So what's going to make it stand out? Is it a 5K bonus or is it work only four days a week? And then put a picture beside that with people and really engage with the, the person rather than just having the job description because they're not on there to look for a job. And with that concept, as far as when they apply to it, what's your advice? Because right now your whole model is around kind of them applying to a chat bot. If they were going directly to an ATS, what's the benefits of having them apply directly to Messenger on a chat bot or having them go directly to your ATS? So as an RPO, we put them in the RATS really when they come through that, that 60 second application. So we do it through a form or a chat bot. And then we call them and screen them and then send them through. So we're using that as a triage between their newsfeed and the client's ATS. I think Mm. that clients or in-house organizations would probably be best following that model if they were trying to do it themselves or trying to recruit through Facebook themselves or Instagram or whatever, because you're going to end up with qualified people in the ATS, but there's not really enough information about them for the, re- the recruiters to be bought in and motivated to reach out consistently. That's, that's probably one of the main disadvantages if you're doing like a direct ATS integration, unless you have some sort of ground follow-up system, which is very technologically advanced and is, is going to push them down the funnel itself. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that when people do they're inspired somehow click here, apply or talk to somebody. Is that automated? Is that conversation actually happening with a person? In the 60 second application, mm-hmm. it can be a chatbot or it can be a little form or it can be send a voice note. That's automated. Okay. So we want them to be able to find out if they're suitable as soon as possible and able yeah. to apply as soon as possible. Okay. And then it goes to a human or like after that, that call back to them, is that part automated? So once they do the 60 second application, it's over yeah. to a human. We'll okay. try and call them to verify and then make sure they're qualified, interested and available. Got it. Okay. So you've talked a bit about YouTube, talked a little bit about Facebook, the big drum roll. You're going to use TikTok? <laughs> what's next for platforms we actually haven't done tiktok ads yet but i have interviewed maybe three or four nurses who have quite big followings on tiktok i think one of them had eighty thousand followers and yeah i think that's a really good opportunity for Mm -hmm. especially an in-house recruiter or recruitment department to like latch upon a nurse who has a big following on tiktok try and pay them to come and work for them for a year or whatever, and then make loads of content around that. When I started this, I was working with online English teaching companies. They really were the trailblazers in this. There's one called the VIP Kid that went from zero to 70,000 
North American employees in five years. Oh, they were contractors. They were teaching English. Uh-huh. And they did that through people who were what you would call influencers who mm-hmm. made YouTube videos or Instagram posts or Facebook posts about working at the company to try and get other teachers to do it. So I think there is a massive opportunity on TikTok and even those other channels to to get an influencer to come and work for you and then make content about it. It's, it's a really interesting point in that mm-hmm. sense because influencer marketing has not been leveraged in recruitment at all. But let's put it in context, we're usually 15 to 20 years behind when it comes to adopting mm. any type of process or technology in that end. I've actually, until you mention it right now, I've never really thought of leveraging influencer marketing for recruitment, but in the context oh. that you're saying... I think that's bang on. I think that's a really good idea in that, in yeah. that comes, especially when it comes to nursing. Because the healthcare challenge is there's plenty of demand. The supply is very limited. And these folks generally um, don't spend a lot of time on job boards. So it's the ability to go where they are and what type mm-hmm. of content they're consuming is a big part of your strategy. But one of the things that you mentioned, I think it was in Chad and Cheese podcast, you mentioned you don't know many people that can actually source through Facebook. So actually sourcing candidates through different Facebook groups. What's your overall thoughts about companies leveraging Facebook to source candidates? Is that something that you see a future? My opinion on it is it's a very good idea. We haven't done it directly for nursing. We've we've taken part in it for dental hygienists so what we did was we got the linkedin sales navigator search we pulled down the names and the locations and then we we were able to match them like on facebook with a little bit of certainty and then that was like the first step i think it's fair gear really it's if when you when you try and think about it how is it different from linkedin they're both social media sites where people make public profiles. Whilst LinkedIn is a professional network and Facebook is personal, the two are becoming merged more and more. I know a lot of people here doing Facebook audiences, their only channel of trying to find new clients is through Facebook and messaging people. Again, it's something that's viable and I'll probably try it out now that you mentioned it and then let you know how it <laughs> well, went. If, I think I if anybody's going to run with it, it'll be Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's put it in context. And Shelly, I'd like to get your opinion on it because I, my opinion is you find the candidates wherever they are. If they're not going to be visible on LinkedIn, which I don't know what the numbers are on nurses, but I'm assuming they spend less time on LinkedIn than they do on Facebook. The numbers might be inaccurate, but say that is true. Why not leverage that too? I think a lot of recruiters are scared because they're scared of some pushback from some of the candidates when they approach them in what they perceive as a personal social media. But in reality, if there was a job really well suited for me and someone reached out to me based on my profile and where I showed employment and thought I'd be a great foot on Facebook, I'd be okay with it. There's, I, I, I choose to ignore it or not. What's your thoughts, uh, Shelley? So- Do you know, here's what I really think is uh, what you figured out, Adam, is something um, that I I believe is why you're going to be successful. Because when a TA team and a marketing team get together, and then you take that decision up to use social media to anybody higher in the organization, they hear the word social media, and they think you're watching cat videos all day. There is a generation that still discredit what social media is. 
And so if you're going to use an internal team, that's why they almost don't want to hear how you do it. Whether it's mm-hmm. TikTok, social media, YouTube, Instagram, they don't want to hear it. What they want to hear is that you can bring us 45 yeah. nurses in 60 days, or is it 60 nurses in 45 days or at any rate? <laughs> what, and so there's the beauty of what you're doing, because there is still a lot of hesitation for companies, uh, maybe pre-pandemic. Not too sure. It certainly was pre-pandemic. And that is to have your internal team mucking around with social media. No, I hired you to be in talent acquisition. I want you to post on these job boards because now I can prove that we've done what we need to do to advertise these jobs. And then here you come in and say, there's another way to do this because you identified the bottleneck. You're absolutely right. Applicant tracking systems are candidate repellent. Honestly, these people are not, they are looking to make a change for those reasons that you talked about a minute ago as well. Better hours, better pay, sign on bonus. Those are the reasons that they would change jobs because it's not like they're unemployed. This is full employment and a deficit in most categories of nursing. There's very few categories of nursing where there isn't a deficit. So you've got to meet them where they are. And where they are is social media when they're not working. <laughs> yeah. It, and it relates directly. Like truck drivers are always a really interesting one because in reality, they use mobile and they are usually in that demographic that uses Facebook generally more than Generation Z. Or, But even though we always those numbers as far as a lot of people are perception that the younger generation does not use Facebook. Those numbers don't exactly tell that story. I'm really curious. So Adam, I've listened to you for a couple of years. You've iterated your product several times because you're now an RPO. Is it, why are you changing so much? Is it, you're not getting traction in a particular market or segment or vertical you're trying, then you find what works or you feel there's uh, a demand because you're not coming from recruitment. A lot of things yeah. that we always say, how do you fix a problem without feeling the pain? You've built something without the experience of actually being a recruiter or being in talent acquisition. You've really looked at it from the side of the candidate, which is a really good way to look at it. It's why would a talent acquisition leader trust you that what the hell you're doing? Yeah. Uh, like you said, you're 24 years old. You're straight out of college, obviously a really smart guy, but in reality, you're coming in with something that's going to solve all their problems, but you've also have not proved the model yet. So tell me, where yeah. is this going? I love that question. So the reason to change so much is just like listening to clients. So initially, we just sent applications to the, the recruiter's inbox, but the recruiter doesn't have enough hours in the day to follow up on everybody more than once which is what you need to do kevin who was in the hospital that we work with said it would be a really good idea if you had somebody call these people brought into that was the fact that clients were saying this isn't working because they weren't making hires whenever we call them we can say it's not us it's you so we brought in calls after listening to the market really and then really switched from being a marketing agency to rpo after some experiences of really big prospects who really latched on to the fact that we were using like social media or we were using Facebook, for example, to get a lot of their candidates and their marketing teams basically said, like, we can try this in-house. They weren't happy with it. 
So really all these different experiences have been learning for us and helped us land where we are now, which is like a done-for-you healthcare RPO. The reason they should trust me, like whenever I went on the, the chat and cheese show, I was really you just got to trust my ideas or whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> since May last year, so we started in healthcare in May, we've helped our clients hire about 30 nurses. And I, I just share our case studies and results and our client reviews and say to them, these are people like you, you have the same problem as you, we're solving it. Also, we guarantee the results. We give you 45 nurses in 90 days or we'll work for free the next month. So it's that previous results and then the fact that we are a new company because we can guarantee it. we're putting a bit of risk on to ourselves and it makes it an easier yes for the, the clients. But now you're an RPO. How do you scale? Isn't that a challenge for you now? If you've had something that is a lot of it is automated or is based on low touch points or infrequent touch points to something that... An RPO model is is now a beast. For scale, essentially, we have three super defined positions that work on any one client account at the same time. And we're taking on three new clients this week. And for me, it's just a case of plugging those new clients into the team members who are working on the accounts and then hiring somebody whenever we reach a limit on what our current team can do. So... When it comes to competition, we're just going to work off the the proof of our results. So I'm not I'm not thinking loads about the competition because every healthcare organization I get on the phone with says we need more nurses. Like full stop. It's not we need more nurses from the best RPO. It's we have a hundred open positions and we need somebody who can solve the problem. Doesn't matter if they get five RPOs to do it. Right now, none of them out there are actually solving that problem for them. So it's a case of showing them the results, showing them how it works making it work for them and then just plugging more clients into the model as we hire new people to fulfill it. Mm -hmm. So one thing, Serge, I know I would like to commend Adam on, even though you may not have worked on inside the painful experience of being a recruiter, but coming at this from the candidate perspective, that's what's making the difference is understanding it's a candidate market and it will continue to be a candidate market, whether it's nursing or truck drivers. And if companies continue to ignore the candidate experience, they continue to damage their own brand and their own internal reputation. Because if I actually had applied, say I had applied to Toronto Children's Hospital or something and never heard back from them versus I applied I heard from you in, in 60 seconds or 10 minutes or even same day. That's a very different experience. And how many of my friends hate their job as well and would love to join me. It's like pulling a thread. And I, I think you, it sounds like you figured that out is it's about the candidate experience because they in turn also will talk about how quick it was for them. And how they felt like a human being and not into this black box. I agree. The candidate experience is critical. And I think you've took the right angle. So now I'm curious, what's the next thing? Like, are you, what's your plan? Are you going to exit this, sell this, make it better, change it? Open up franchises. Yeah. What's your approach here? What's your end game? Where, Where are you going, Adam? For me personally, I would like to 
exit the company by my 30th birthday. So six years from now. In terms of the next six years, it's just about becoming the best and the go-to solution for, for hiring nurses. That's that's what I want to be. The, everything we do is centered on that goal because if we can do that, then it won't be extremely hard to get new clients because every hospital out there needs to hire a nurse. So if we can come to them with a solution that works, we can guarantee the results, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to match with them. So I'm hoping that we can you know, reach eight figures in revenue by the time we, I exit, but that's not like the be all and end all. The be all and end all is making the best solution out there. And then everything else is going to come from that. Awesome. Awesome. I have a funny feeling you just might hit it, Adam. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Do you want well, to invest? We're certainly going to be following this story. Hey, Serge. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. And I'm curious, we'll leave you on one last question. One of the things is there's a lot of noise in the TA tech space overall, HR tech. Uh, there's a lot of vendors. There's been a fair amount of investment. What do you see after doing this a couple of years? What is going to be the biggest disruptor in mm. the HR tech, TA tech space? Hard question. I think, as you mentioned earlier, TikTok, if someone can utilize TikTok and that audience and that traffic, then they're going to be on to a real winner there. I think that the biggest kind of bottleneck is the, the gap between candidates applying easily and recruiters processing those candidates. So I, I listened to your previous episode where you're talking about quick apply on Indeed. I think that kind of gets the gap wrong because it makes it too easy. It's too much like it's too slippery candidate direction. <laughs> yeah. It's not enough on the recruiter direction, whatever is 50, 50. I've seen some platforms on Facebook where they use forms. I think it's called work for where they make a five to 10 question form. They fill it in. They come into the, the ATS, something which can meet that 50, 50 on dual boards. I think is going to really be what disrupts things. Cause that's what it is. At the end of the day, there's two parties involved. There's the recruiters and the candidates. If someone can bring them together, being that matchmaker is going to make them rich. I, I agree. So you're right now, where are you right now at this moment? Because I've heard you're a digital nomad in the sense you were in Mexico for a while. Then yeah, nobody you knows the man of someone's... mystery. Adam, where yeah. are you? Where are you right now? <laughs> I'm in Ireland. I'm in my uh, parents' house. And well, I sent you before. It's funny because I was doing like a sales presentation this time last year. Only had a couple of clients, a bit nervous. I was in my big boy business suit doing my presentation like this. And then my mom just walks in through the door of my dirty laundry <laughs> and it just shattered the whole illusion. So she doesn't do that anymore. I'm, I'm leaving in May and oh, I look forward to that. But where are you going to go, Adam? Are you moving to another country? Yeah. So most of our team are in Mexico, actually. So I'll probably go back there. Okay. Um, have you ever made your way through Canada? Because I know you have clients in Canada. You just mentioned about Ottawa. Have you ever been to Canada? No. Well, yes, I went to Niagara Falls. Okay. For a couple of days, but I do really need to go to Toronto direction because okay. we have five clients in Ontario, and I have never met any of them. So that's going to be my post-COVID tour, Ontario, Canada. Awesome. Yeah, because we won't allow you in right now. We will, but we're <laughs> going to quarantine. You can come. Can I but come in it through be, Greenland? It would be the most unwelcoming um, in uh, place to be at the moment. Adam, thank you. An absolute pleasure you. meeting you. You too. Thanks yeah. so much for your time. Okay. Thank you so much for being on. 
Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.